0: Uh, in fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Former Ute, former Patriot, our good friend Christian Cox. Christian, what's up? What's going on, Jake? What's going on, Gordon? Oh, man, just uh, just talking a little sports, having a little fun. This uh, Christian, this is the biggest week of football around here, certainly we've had yet and might have this year, with the Utes starting and uh, with BYU Boise State. So things are good, man.
1: Yeah, can't ask for a better Friday night and Saturday, right? And then you get some NFL on Sunday, I couldn't ask for a better weekend.
2: Christian, did you ever play Boise State when you were at Utah?
1: Uh, is this an insult, Gordon? Is this a, a backhanded insult no, to me? No, no. I remember when you played no, Boise State. I, I, I'm, I'm teasing, Gordon. Uh, yes, we played a guy named Kellen Moore, who happened yes, to be okay. the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, which is crazy. Uh, and... That year, they blew it against, I think it was Colin Kaepernick and Nevada, where they were undefeated the entire year. And they blew it the last game, and they were forced to play us. That year, we got smoked by TCU. And we caused five turnovers on defense and lost, I think, 20, 31 to 10 or something like that, mm-hmm. and couldn't score. We, uh, Jordan Wynn had shoulder issues. Terrence Kane came in. It
2: was an ugly, ugly game. I uh, I apologize for bringing that up. I'm teasing. I'm uh, teasing. I, you know.
0: <laughs> Christian Cox is with us on ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Gordon and I were talking about this earlier in the show, Christian, with it being Game One for the Utes and having an inexperienced defense. Um, Arizona might score a couple of points just because, you know, uh, mistakes and, and we've seen in COVID college football, tackling is, has not been real terrific. Uh, I expect Utah's defense to be pretty good. I'm just not sure how good right out of the gate. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exciting for once, right? I think the the defense has been very seasoned for the last many years, right? You can go down the line of quality defensive tackles and ends and quality, you know, corners, you lose Blackman, right, who's having a heck of a, a career to start. Um, and you've had, you know, a long line of just NFL caliber safeties and corners. And this is the first time in a while that you're starting freshmen and sophomores, and that's that bodes well for the future. And I, I think it's exciting. There's no preseason. There's no real fall camp. It's all the uncertainty of this year. And at least you're playing – you don't know what you're really going to get from Arizona. Their defense is great, but uh, what a fun game. And I'm just glad we're going to see some Utah football because I, this is no offense to, you know, the college football in general. It's just there. I haven't been fully, fully engaged. Cause there's just, it's like meaningless games. At least we can play some games and see what they can do in these, this six game stretch and, and see what Kyle can put together. And, ultimately excited to see this qb race as well and this bentley kid
2: christian earlier jake and i were trying to draw a line between the importance of athleticism raw athleticism and experience where when you're weighing those two factors with this particular defense uh, what is more important and what should fans uh, look for yeah, so if you cross
1: it up, right, you want to think of it as I want to dry one straight line as experience and raw talent. But I, I kind of quadrant it. The defense is so complicated at Utah. There's sp- certain specific skill positions that can get away with just raw talent. There's some positions that you could be the most talented person, but you can't understand and know the scheme. The two the harder positions to plug in at a younger, uh, a, a younger clip would be safety, if you're super young playing safety, it's hard. Uh, and then your corner positions are where you can put younger guys because it's you're playing a lot of cover, you know, cover one. Uh, you're playing a lot of man-to-man, right? So you can let that raw athleticism go to work. D-line is another place where you can typically get away with a younger D-tackle who just – he's going to plug a gap, hold, his, hold the line, and someone will tell him where to stunt to. Linebacker is one that's really complicated. You you really you need the experience, and that's where you got Lloyd. But uh, I'm I'm interested to see really how this defense plays. I I think they have the pieces. You got Mika, you got Lloyd, and then you got these young guns in the back. Uh, So and 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 again, you got you got Sharif Shaw and you got Morgan Scally, who really believe in these young guys to really have them start over the, the kid who transferred right. So. That goes to show what they believe in these the young talent that's up and coming.
0: What do you think about the uh, the offense, Christian? Is that going to be a, a strength of the team, regardless of who's at quarterback, or does it really depend on who they pick and how well they play?
1: Yeah, and that and that just kind of boils down to, right uh, again. It feels like they're leaning towards you know Bentley rising. You know, had a he's had an advantage of being in the program a little longer, but feels like the hand is tipped that way. I could be completely wrong, right? But I, I think with Andy Ludwig, he just needs a steady, you know, person who can make the right plays and not turn the ball over, as lame as that sounds. They're still going to run the ball a lot. But you, you need a quarterback who can sit in the pocket and deliver the ball on time. Uh, if you want to go back, and I, and I don't know if people love these, I always go back in time, I back to – the future with everyone but brian johnson by his senior year how mobile was the guy right he wasn't moving in andy's scheme he was a drop back passer within legitimately 25 to 30 yards downfield max right he didn't have his throwing shoulder he had surgery he didn't throw a deep ball but everything we ran with brent castile and brayden godfrey and everything was seams and underneath and shallow cross with jeremy brooks Right. That's how Brian was able to orchestrate perfect game winning drives by throwing the ball on time and not turning the ball over. And as, as boiled down and lame as that sounds, that's all Andy Ludwig is, is really looking for. And, I, you know, you want to see who provides that best, you know, who's been awarded that position. And, you know, bless Tyler Huntley's heart, right? One of the most athletic freaking natures. But when Utah got into trouble last year, is when Utah became a hero ball and he had to go do everything with his feet and was trying to make all of the plays. But when it was in the pocket, you know, getting the ball out to Zach Moss when he'd leak out, uh, you know, that's when Utah was really successful. So interested to see how the offense runs.
2: Speaking of last year's team, it was it was quite good. Uh, some people pointed at the offensive line as being a spot that needed improvement and we did see some, uh, some porous uh, blocking from time to time. Uh, how does a group like that get better from one year to the next? Yeah,
1: and, you know, the majority of them came back. I saw some depth, depth charts shift uh, a little bit there uh, with Tonga. But that's, that's a group that if you can return players, they need camaraderie. They need experience together. Right, why Oregon's offensive line was so good last year is because they all they returned five offensive linemen, and they had Sewell, right, who's going to be going to the NFL, right. You need experience, and it, offensive linemen. To all my offensive linemen brothers who are listening, they are weird. They are the weirdest guys. They're super bright, but they are weird. And you got to be crazy to play offensive line, <laughs> and you really have to have a brotherhood to want to you know know all of the schemes and it's it's they're complicated offenses and and they go against really tough defenses and you hope the offensive line can improve because against texas and oregon and a lot of the other games tyler made up for the the the, the holes in the offensive line last year with his legs uh you hope that they get better this year and from the size and the weight and the experience looking across the board they look pretty solid
0: Want to ask you about Arizona Christian? I'm trying to think of the best way to ask you this, but the, you know the Wildcats have been good at times uh, over the past 20 so some odd years, but for the most part they've been you know average or or below average, and they've they've gone through several coaches. Is that is that a good job for a head coach, and they just haven't found the right one, or is is it a loser for some reason? <laughs>
1: You know, I, I don't know. Like you, you look at some schools, and some schools are basketball schools, right? Like my entire life, U of A has been a basketball school with Lute Olson, right, back in the heyday, and Mike Bibby and those guys and winning a championship. Football, I've never known them to be anything great. Surprisingly, Rich Rodriguez had a good little streak, actually embarrassed Utah at home uh, when Utah had a shot. Um, this was Nate Orchard's years, I think and they got ran all over. I would equate the Wildcats to like the Cleveland Browns, maybe not as bad as the Browns, but it's like even Bill Belichick went to Cleveland with Nick Saban and they got beat, right? They they didn't win. So it's like, is it a doomed franchise? Is it a doomed college football team? That's probably a, a way uh, exaggerated, you know, statement, but I, I, my entire life, I've never seen them be amazing. Besides the Rich Rod years, and that was, I think they won. They, they lost in the Fiesta Bowl to Boise.
2: Christian, do you think Utah is to the point now where Kyle has, and Kyle, by the way, had a, has a, a new extension to his contract today? I don't know if you saw that, but uh, he's, uh, he's gone he's got a contract till what was it, twenty seven?
0: Yeah, Jake? twenty yep. twenty seven yep. an initial four yep. years. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah yep. So good for him. But that shows you sort of the consistency he's built with this particular program now. Are they to the point now where they're going to be? They are going to be good every year.
1: Well, I I'd like to be proven, uh, you know, the
0: other way.
2: Like it's
1: just insane to think the years after I left Utah, right, were the first years in the Pac twelve, right, 2011, 2012, 2013. And there was a stretch. They didn't have the depth. Kalani was on staff, too. A lot of the staff was there. And they were fighting for their jobs, if you remember some of those, the weird summer. right? There was even some weirdness with Gary up at Utah State. And, and he was gone at Wisconsin and Oregon State. And listen, Kyle Whittingham, like him or not, is the most consistent person I've, I've ever met, right, probably next to my wife. Like, that guy – is a machine. He outworks anyone. He does the same thing every day and he instills confidence in his teams and he maximizes the talent out of his teams and that is just proven year after year as he's putting guys in the league and he's really changed people's career paths, right? To, to some people not like his style because it's 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 pretty militant. I'd compare it to Bill Belichick. It's it's very rigid, it's structured. But again, that's how you have to run a program. That's how you. That's how you win year after year after year after year. And what Kyle's done, even replacing Urban Meyer, if you remember back in you know the years I was out of the country, but you know where people were like, oh well, he's just the D coordinator, and I think that pissed him off. Kyle is one of the most competitive people, like that I've ever met as well. Consistent and competitive, and he gets the most out of his guys and. As a Utah fan and, and and seeing the level of talent that gets recruited in, yeah, I think they'll be good for a long time. The question is, can the talent keep, uh, you know, when you get too much talent, you lose character sometimes, and you lose, um, you know, guys that fall in line to the process. But, it, you know, what's been shown over the last three years is guys buy in and I think a testament of that is Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley, and especially Zach Moss not leaving his junior year to the NFL and doing another year at Utah. Like people love playing and winning in that program. So
0: So Christian, everybody everybody loves to win, right? Everybody loves success. But take that out of it for a second. Winning aside, did you like playing for Kyle Whittingham and why?
1: Listen, I my my experience is different than like a recruit from Florida or California. Like, I'm a local kid who is trying to be a walk on turn scholarship kid, right? So, like, the hierarchy was I'm trying to earn the affection and approval of my dad type of a thing, right? And so, like, his expectations are just so clearly defined, and he expects greatness, and you want to live up to that. Like, if you're a real competitor, you want to live up to that, and the same goes for Bill Belichick and the same went for my high school coach, Larry Wall, right at Belleville High. So it's like I wanted to be the best. And my journey was different. I played six different positions. It took me two and a half years to move up the depth chart. I played defensive end or, and led the team in sacks in 09 and then was still not scholarship. and then got a scholarship in 2010, was voted team captain, was first team all conference, and then got a shot. So, like, it took a lot of time But if if the program wasn't so clearly defined that the best players will play independent of your scholarship or not, wouldn't have given me that vehicle to grow and progress. And I think that's why the Utah program is so unique, right, is you come in and you buy into the program and you follow the process. There really is no limit on where you can go if you're if you have the talent and you have the skill, but you also have the work ethic. And if you can have all three, uh, you could lack maybe a little bit of talent, but you are always in the right place. You'll get a shot to play. And when you get your shot to play, you make your reps count and you maximize those reps. And that's how it works. And that's why you just have guys that just, they just, they keep backfilling the defense, right, or in the offense because you have the people in the wings who are waiting for their opportunity and they, they strike when they get their shot.
2: So all that being said, Christian, is there a player on this year's team that you are most excited to see play or that you think might uh, really blossom into a great, great player?
1: Yeah, I, I listen,
2: I think Mika Tefu is a freak,
1: and I, I liked him last year. I liked him a lot, right? Bradley and I was terrific on the other bookend, uh, but as a defensive end, in terms of size, speed, and instinct, um, he is a special player. Uh, Lloyd at middle linebacker, I think he grew a lot. He improved. I'm interested to see what he does. But for me, as a, a lame defender, I love seeing good defensive end play, good tackle play, because that 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 front four and the front seven are, are really what you know can disrupt the quarterback and kind of you know give the back end a shot to get some interceptions. And as a defensive end, you can change the trajectory of the game by a single strip sack or a big TFL. And it's an easier path to the quarterback than playing safety. You
0: know? So this is probably, you know, this is a really tough game to prognosticate because of all the, the, the youth, the youth have, and who knows what to expect from Arizona and pandemic and all, but I, uh, are you expecting the youths to win on Saturday?
1: I am. Uh, there's no reason not to right? Even looking into Arizona's team and, uh, you know, this is a this is can Utah play their game and and can they run the offense correctly? It's it's preseason, right? It's how can you stumble around who can make the least amount of mistakes, but I think Utah'll come out and control the clock, run the ball, run some good play action and score a decent amount of points and then we will all have our eyes and binoculars out to watch the back end, right? Who doesn't want to – and who even pays attention to safeties and corners unless there's, you know, mistakes? This is probably the first year we'll be paying a close eye on what's going on in coverage because you've just been, you know, spoiled with good back end for basically the last six years.
2: Is there a team, Christian, you like in the Pac-12? Uh, To go to the playoffs or to to win the championship? To just the best team in the conference? Yeah, it's tough. Like, Oregon's
1: ranked, what, 14th? Um, They're replacing Herbert. Sewell's not playing. I get they get lots of recruits. I'm not a fan of USC. Um, I just think they're – listen, for the last 15 years since Matt Leinart, they're just so finicky. They're not tough enough. Um, I, Oregon just seems like the team that will that will kind of come out on top. Stanford will probably rebound, but uh, Oregon has the athletes, and I'm I'm interested to see what Utah does. Right again, you know they've gone twice to the Pac-12 championship and have come up short. Um, that's ingrained in those kids who want to play. It's a short season, so can you navigate COVID? Can you uh, stay somewhat healthy and We'll see where we go, but probably, you know, without having seen any film on anyone, nor, you know, we didn't have real spring ball and a real fall camp. It's tough to predict.
2: It's interesting that you say that because uh, I recently uh, recalled a quote from Zach Moss uh, after uh, last season, and he was talking about this coming season, and he said that, the players who have not really experienced or didn't have as much experience as the guys who have been on the field, he said they have been able to observe and absorb the recipe for yeah. winning. And I thought that was an interesting comment. No,
1: it's, it's – I, I speak to my own experience, right? In 2008, right I backed up Paul Kruger and Coemisi and watched our team go undefeated. I contributed. I played. But I wasn't – I wasn't a starter. Was was I chomping at the bit in 2009 to play? Absolutely. 2010, did we keep the tradition going? Uh, yes. And, and I think as all Utah football players and fans, like, that's what's unique. And we all should be grateful for what we have is a continuous tradition that over the last 20 years, really, at Utah has been really good, <laughs> maybe a little longer, right? And that's all I've known, right? There's people who have been around longer that know the tougher years, you know, Jim Fossil, pre-McBride. But it's because of the expectation and the recipe. And Zach Moss kept that going, right? That that tradition, though, goes back to Jamal Anderson and Mike Anderson, you know, and Matt Asiata, right, and all these other great line of running backs like Devontae Booker. And you can do the same in every position, right? You can go back to Luther Ellis and Starlow to and all these other great D linemen that have their time in the NFL, and I think that's what makes you know college football so pure and fun because it's just it's nostalgic, right? Because when we get all together, you you look and behind you of like the greats, and then you look at these young pups who get their shot to play, and it's over in a blink. I think that's for me. it has been the the greatest learning experiences football is like a bad girlfriend, right? She breaks up with everyone at some point, whether it's in Little League, whether it's in high school or college or the NFL, she will break up with you. There is no continuous, you know, playing in in, uh, football. And you just be grateful for the time you get to play. And I look back, it's been 10 years since I've played and I've got four children and I'm a father and my life is completely different now. And uh, grateful for the experiences I was able to, to, to Blaze and the relationships, being able to to maintain and, and gain because of college football. And that's where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm indebted for my life to, to Utah. I wouldn't have met my wife if I didn't go to Utah. and um, just really grateful for the program that Kyle and Gary and Anderson and Kalani Sataki and all these people have created up there. And, and now it continues with Morgan and Sharif and, and Lewis and the rest of the team.
2: Hey Jake, did you write that down? Football is like a bad girlfriend.
0: I didn't, but I'll I'll make sure and remember. Uh, Last (laughs) day, last thing, Christian. uh, Personal question for you because you mentioned you have you have four young kids. Uh, Did did you guys do a family costume from Halloween this year? We do (laughs) it, yeah. We we do every year. When we
1: lived in California, we went and did the the old trick or treating at Disneyland. We were the Incredibles. This year, my son got into Mario Kart on 64, and so my wife was Luigi, I was Bowser, my daughter was Toad, my son was Mario with a mustache, and my other daughter was Princess Peach. That's pretty cool. And then my baby son was Toad as well, so it was fun.
0: Nice. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, Christian, thank you for jumping on with us, buddy. We appreciate it. Good
1: to talk to you guys. Back at you.
0: All right, our friend Christian Cox with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.